Welcome to our worship service at the United Methodist Church, Westlake Village, for the Sunday, September 19th. We're glad that you've joined us in worship today, whether you are joining us in person with masks or online from a remote location. We know that God's Spirit is active and will touch and nurture you this Sunday through this worship. Be blessed. Grow well. The flowers this morning on the altar are celebrating the anniversary of Jason and Jordan Surratt. Uh, before they have two new people as a part of their family, they get to celebrate one last time their marital bliss and perhaps their ability to sleep through the night. Some quick reminders for us as we uh, move towards our time of worship. The Education Committee. I'm told is having an ice cream social this morning for all of us to celebrate um, their developing a program for adult education. I think maybe it's for everybody really, but we're highlighting adult education opportunities that are coming over the next couple years and starting this fall. So you want to go out there and enjoy some ice cream and uh, pay attention to what might be a, a good offering for you this fall with spiritual disciplines and then later uh, during the year. Our September mission moment is School on Wheels. You heard about it last week. Uh, we want to continue to uh, draw your attention to that opportunity as a place to give of your uh, generosity. Also, along with UMCOR, we have the opportunities of responding to the uh, difficulties in Haiti uh, through the hurricane and with refugees. When we think about setting a course for a better life, that opportunity we all have right now as we slowly emerge from the pandemic, we realize that there are some, some basic resources that are helpful to this journey. Like a good boat and a crew would be, or a safe harbor, a supportive harbor would be if we were making a journey by sea. Uh, it's a classic image in the church uh, that our lives are a boat on a, a difficult or challenging sea and we make that journey. Well, we're using that boat image as we explore uh, becoming our better selves as we move through the difficult seas that are a part of our lives in this pandemic. We're going to talk today about some of those resources that help us to set a course for a better life. All right then, let us now center ourselves and begin our time of worship. Good morning. Will you please join me in the call to worship? Life is a journey. Sometimes it's too hard though. With all of the twists and turns, obstacles and rough places, and frankly, all of the noise of modern life. Our community helps us locate the basic resources we need to live a life of faith and become more connected to God. We seek your spirit, O oh God, and embrace our journey. Let us continue with worship by joining in our opening hymn. 
Holy God, touch us with your grace. Fill us with your grace in this time of worship. That we might open our hearts to the needs and the concerns of our world, of our brothers and sisters here in these pews. That we would open our minds to your holy word, your imperatives on how we would live our life. We pray that your grace would nurture us, that your word would inspire us, that through our time of worship, we might be led into truer discipleship and greater faithfulness. We pray this in your son's name and for your purposes through us in this world. Amen. Morning, children. Oh, well, thank you for everyone else for helping out the children. You guys are a little. I was like, for as much as you were running around this morning, my too, I'm impressed with your lack of volume in my good morning. All right. Well, 
Friends, I am glad that you're here, whether you're in person or online. We're so glad when we can reach out to the members of our church. I see one friend that I have not seen in person in a really long time, and I'm excited to see her. So I just want to say that it's such a joy whenever we have children in our midst and they remind us the energy and the vitality of what you bring to worship. You are important to worship just like everyone else. So please know that. We are finishing our, our section on creation today, and we've talked a lot about creation during our children's messages over the last few days. So I want to introduce you guys to a book that I absolutely love. It's entitled, When God Made the World by Matthew Paul Turner. And it goes through the creation story all seven days and talks about the importance of each of those days and imagines what it might have been like when God did create the world. So it takes it longer than the paragraph that you have in the Bible and, and dreams and thinks about it a little bit more. I'm going to, when the prayer is over, invite Maya to come forward and grab the book for me so that she can take it back to her Sunday school classroom. And if the other classroom wants to borrow it as well, that's okay. It is a great way for us to imagine the creation story and to think about what it means that on the sixth day, God created people and invited us to be a part of the creation story too. Will you guys join me in a moment of prayer? Let's take a moment to talk to God. Dear God, thank you for today. Thank you for tomorrow. And thank you for yesterday. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for creating us and creating the whole world around us. Be with us as we imagine how we might join you in creation. In your name we pray. Amen. Anyone who is watching online possibly saw me cringe as I was like, I didn't think through my sentence before, before I said that. Now's the time where our children can head off to Sunday school. And Maya, if you'll come forward and grab this, I'd appreciate that. And I'll pass it over to Pastor Walt. We've been taking a few minutes during our worship for our new church leaders to introduce themselves and share a bit about their hopes for our congregation. We've already met Greg Stewart, our new church council chairperson, and Karee Jackson-Lewis, one of our three new lay leaders. Today we meet another one of our new lay leaders. Her name is Julie Elginer. Hello. I'm Julie Elginer, and I'm one of the lay leaders of the United Methodist Church of Westlake Village. Thank you, Pastor Walt and Pastor Rachel, for giving me an opportunity to introduce myself and to share a bit about my hopes for our church. My husband, John, and I have been married for 18 years, celebrating our anniversary this week. We have two sons, Jack, age 16, and James, who is nine. We are right in that sweet spot of parenting, two extremely active boys. Both of our boys play two sports, baseball and soccer, nearly year round here in Southern California. And for anyone who's been down that path or is watching their family or their friends on that path, you know that that means that we can be found on the sidelines 
anywhere between Bakersfield and San Diego, uh, Santa Monica, all the way to San Bernardino and anywhere in between, nearly every single weekend. The boys love it and they embrace it. And so we love it and we embrace it. And that's just the reality of the chapter that our lives are in right now. Professionally, I'm a faculty at the UCLA Fielding School of Public Health, which has been an extremely interesting time to be in this field. And for the past 10 years, I've been actively teaching and serving our state and municipalities through civil leadership and appointed roles in Sacramento and also here locally. I like to say that public health found me. I love focusing on improving health of our communities, reducing health disparities, particularly for vulnerable populations. And I love teaching graduate students. Personally, I'm an avid recreational athlete and I still compete in long distance trail running events around the country. My mental and my physical health are a priority and I carve out time for myself, often extremely early in the morning or in between games, whenever I can make it work. We've been attending United Methodist Church of Westlake Village since 2005 when Jack was born and we transferred our membership from Simi Valley. Both boys love our church and have attended Sunday school and family ministry events. Jack was confirmed here in 2020 amidst an extremely challenging time. Both boys attend faith-based schools and service to the community is a staple in our lives. For over 10 years, we have been regularly serving meals through our church's partnership with the Conejo Valley Free Meal Program. And as former Pastor Brian, or as Kathy Loeb can tell you, we oftentimes will roll right off the fields and will bring up to two dozen families with us over the years to serve our community and to be an extension of our church. We found creative ways to offer ministry and to live out our faith. So this creativity and dedication to a servant's heart extended to a bag lunch program that we spearheaded late last year and into this year. And building on those meals that we have been cultivating over 10 years, helping to address food insecurity issues in the Conejo Valley, we worked in partnership with an organization called Hangout Do Good, which is a grassroots community-oriented group to provide meals on Sundays to people in both Los Angeles and Ventura counties. We started a drop-off location at our front door and we rallied our neighbors in our community. We created a network of drivers to deliver lunches to those experiencing food insecurity and in the greatest need everywhere from Hollywood all the way out to Oxnard. And so every Sunday morning, we had almost 250 to 300 lunches that were at our front steps, and we made sure that they were delivered by 11 a.m. And in the first six months of 2021, we had 5,097 lunches at our front door, lovingly given to people that we would never meet or may never meet, or maybe we do meet them and we just don't know it. So that's the power of opening our hearts. That's the power of being creative. That's the power of recognizing that there is an opportunity for us to live out our faith in ways that perhaps we hadn't have considered previously. 
and that we need to offer our ministry and our programming to people in all aspects of their lives. And that means our current membership, our future membership, targeted towards all of God's people. And the pandemic has touched all of us. Of course, it's changed us, but it cannot defeat us and it cannot harden us. It cannot diminish our will to be servants of God and to live out our faith in Jesus Christ. So my hope for our church is that we use the tectonic shifts in our lives as an enormous call to action. Use this to open our minds, our hearts, and our willingness to do things differently. Be open to the possibilities and recognize that there are small things we can do to touch others and open their hearts. Whether it's through Nancy Moravac and her loving thought of the day posted to her social media every day, or to collectively our willingness to shift and shift our programming, shift our hospitality, our member outreach, our communications, shift the way in which we connect with one another, including through video. It doesn't mean abandon, it means shift. And in basketball terms, it's a pivot, okay? It's changing our viewpoint so that we could see the court better. We have an opportunity to cultivate a vibrant place for all of God's people through our church. And so my hope is that we would allow the Holy Spirit to work through us in ways that perhaps we couldn't have imagined possible 18 months ago or even six months ago. I'll leave you with this. On my running shoe that I log hundreds of miles on, I have a little ID tag that allows for someone to be able to um, understand who I am and have contact information for my husband in the event of they need to contact him, right? And I have one quote that I see every single day when I lace up my shoes or when I'm at the starting line ready to start a race. And it says very simply on my shoe after it lists my blood type and my phone number, it says, have the courage to try. That's it. Have the courage to try. And so that's what I hope for our church as we move forward. Thank you, and may God continue to bless you and your family and all of us. join me in a moment of prayer. Awesome and almighty God, we give you thanks for this day.
for the ways in which your spirit flows around us and through us, connecting us all together, whether we are physically here in this place or connected through the internet. We give thanks for the ways in which your spirit continues to provide us wisdom and insight and encourages us to have the courage to try. As we continue on our journey of faith, we recognize that every time that we set course for a new adventure, whether it's seeking a better life or going on some grand travel, that we take the time to run around our house, gather all of our resources together, think about what we don't have, maybe place an order or go shopping so that we have all of the things that we need. We think about our needs, both emotionally, physically, spiritually, and we gather everything that we need together so that we might have the best trip possible, anticipating what may lie ahead and recognizing that some of the things that we take along the way we might not need, but also seeing that we may be disappointed if we don't pack something as well. Be with us as we think about those resources that we have, that we need, that help us on our journey of faith and allow us to continue to voyage with you on this adventure. As a church community, we lift up the following people in our prayers. We pray for the Blasting Game family as they mourn the passing of Steve on Thursday. Be with Mihoko and the boys and the rest of the family and friends as they learn to walk this path without Steve physically present to them. We lift up prayers for Bob Shaver's friend uh, at the passing of his girlfriend Angie after 18-month struggle with leukemia. And we lift up prayers along with Carol Fredericks for the Wynalda family as they mourn the passing of Sue and the hospitalization of Brant due to COVID. Be with them that they might know your presence, that Brant might know healing, and that they might continue to see you in their lives. Oh Lord, hear our prayers. We lift up prayers for Kathy and Gary Furness as Kathy recovers from COVID, recovers from COVID-related breathing problems, which caused her to be in the hospital, and for Gary as he continues to manage his ongoing lung problems. Oh Lord, hear our prayers. We join Harry Hen Henson in lifting up prayers for his son Robert, who was recently diagnosed with bladder cancer. Be with Robert and his doctors as they discern the best course of treatment for him and as Robert engages in this fight. Oh Lord, hear our prayer. We don't just come to you with concerns this day, but we come to you with celebrations as well. We celebrate the wedding of Robert and Janice went this week at our church and the new life that they create together. Oh Lord, hear our prayers. Lord, we take a moment to lift up the prayers that are on our hearts this day.
O Lord, hear our prayers. Gracious God, we know that you go with us, inviting us to hear your voice, inviting us to listen to your wisdom, and saying, my child, I want to be in relationship with you. Allow us to open our hearts so that we might see what you have in store for us this day, whether it's wisdom or healing or guidance. Thank you for being with us in our sorrow as well as our joy. Thank you for loving us unconditionally and extending us grace for all of the times that we have turned away. Allow us to accept that grace and set course for a better life with you by our side. We pray all of this saying in the prayer that your son taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen.
Thank you, ladies. I, I realize it's a little bit of a, uh, an extra effort to, to sing through those masks, but we are so thankful that you are willing to do that for us because it adds um, a nice fullness and, and spiritual grounding for our worship service. So thank you. Thank you very much for doing that effort. We're focusing on setting a course for a better life through our worship this fall. Sensing the unusual opportunity we have been given by the disruption of our normal lives. And also the invitation that God is always extending to each one of us to claim the resurrection power through our faith to begin afresh in life. This is the gospel of grace, of redemption, that we affirm in our faith, that we celebrate here in our congregation, to take what is and to make it better. The starting point is discerning a vision on how life might be better for you, and this is our starting point, whether we're 15 or 35 or, or 65. We talked about this notion in last week's sermon. We're, we're seeking a better life that's grounded in our true self and expressive of its, of its real values. One that feels right and, and satisfies our, our deepest yearnings one that gives us meaning and, and purpose, one that energizes and enlivens us. We all want this in life, whether we are younger or older, a vibrant life through which we thrive that aligns with our true self and gives that true self authentic expression. This vision of you is the one that hangs out with God in the garden or at 4 o'clock in the morning and knows that you are brother and knows that you are sister to your neighbor. This vision of you is the one that is shaped by letting love lead in your thoughts and in your actions. And having the noble in life be the ordinary in life. This vision of you is key to your life journey. Since it really helps to have an idea where you're headed if you want to actually get there. Thank you, choir. So, foundational to setting a course for a better life is having a vision of yourself of what that better life might look like for you. Now, for me, it's becoming more and more a faithful disciple of Christ Jesus throughout these years who loves God with all that I am and loves my neighbor as I try to love myself, who makes a positive difference in the world 
by being of some good consequence in individual lives around me. I have sensed that God is calling me to such a life through ordained ministry in the United Methodist Church. And so I've tried as the years have passed to keep finding and discovering and maximizing uh, that in myself which makes this true. Now for you, your discernment of a better life may take a little different form than mine, yet it will be similar in its desire for love, for purpose, for meaning. We will share that effort, whether it's through ordained ministry or being a teacher or a bookkeeper, whatever it is that God has gifted us with as our distinct path forward. It's up to you. You know, it's between you and God. Rachel and I are here to, to help out, to cheerlead you, to encourage you, and maybe to kick you in some part of your body to move forward. But it really is just between you and God, is it not? And you don't have to be like us. you got to be like yourself, like the self that God wants you to be, not hiding out, not dissembling, becoming your true self, even with the challenges that may be in front of you to be that true self. Have at it. This is your life. Have at it. And know that God wants to work with you on this. So take God up on God's offer and work towards maximizing all that you can be. You know, once you've grasped the vision of God's intention for you in your life, then we are to set about the general work of gathering the basic resources for this journey to do that in earnestness. And as I mentioned last week, these basic resources are the varied aspects of who we are as people, along with the, the context in which we live these aspects of ourself. So in our sailing analogy, you might think of these basic resources as your boat and your crew and you, you might think of the context of your life. Well, think of that as your harbor. When I was in graduate school, I studied psychotherapy. Uh, as many of you know, it didn't do me much good, did it? But I tried. I tried. And, and I studied one particular kind of therapy that was called psychosynthesis. Have you ever heard of it? Psychosynthesis. It's by Roberto Assagioli. And in his method, you are invited to picture a boardroom table in your mind populated by your different selves with the therapeutic goal of getting these different selves to sit pleasantly with one another 
and to work together for your general mental health rather than one part of yourself sabotaging another part of yourself or mouthing off all the time, getting yourself in heart water or whatever it might be that we sometimes tend to do. Psychosynthesis. Well, those of us in graduate school uh, joked about how this was the doorway to multiple personalities and that we had better watch ourselves as we made our steps towards understanding that method. Yet there was wisdom. I think there was great wisdom in that notion, in that our self is actually composed of various aspects of our self that interact and affect one another. So let's consider this. We, we start with the big three. You are a body. You are a body. Yet you are more than your body, and your bodily health has a great influence on your life and your well-being. It's hard to have good, noble thoughts if your body is in great pain. And I, th I think it's Erickson that has that model. And, you know, at the very bottom is just survival. And, and your, your first task in life is to keep your body alive. And you do that with food and you do that with exercise. You do that with certain things, shelter, right? And that's at the bottom of the life period, that pyramid, where if you got all these other things together, you may start thinking about poetry, But for most of us, it's hard to think about poetry if what we're really concerned about is where can I get some bread? Or how do I stop this pain? You know what I'm saying, right? You're more than your body, yes, yeah, but you are your body, and your body has a big influence on who you are. And clearly, you are more than your mind, yet your, your thoughts are who you are, and they can impede or they can enhance your life. Negative, circular, obsessive thinking can spiral you in stress and make you ill. A matter of fact, a lot of physicians seem to think stress might be the key part of most all of our ailments, or at least exacerbating those ailments. So as you set your sights ahead, you want to strengthen your intellect as, as best you can. We want to learn, we want to understand, we want to comprehend. Uh, comprehend how things work and how to work ourselves among these things in a healthy way. Now, for, for some of us, it, it seems really true that we can seem to be pretty much only our emotions. 
Or sometimes an emotion can be so dominant that that emotion takes over everything. You've been angry enough, right, where you've lost track of time, where you've lost track maybe of where you're moving your body. Anger or sadness. How long is the day when you grieve? Time changes. Sadness, anger, joy. These emotions can be overwhelmingly dominant. God help us. And may we be dominated by joy more often than by these other emotions. Yet, in truth, you are a whole lot more than your emotions. We know that. And so managing our emotions in a healthy way, well, it's, it's key as we set our sights ahead in our lives. Finding that balance between, between self-esteem and self-concern, perhaps, and empathy, that's important between self-maintenance and engagement with others, well, that's important. Well-balanced emotions are a key to healthy life. Yet beyond body, mind, and emotions, you know, we are also our relationships. And in truth, it's really very, very hard to go it alone. And how many of us really do do that? We count on others to provide goods and services. Thank God there's a grocery store for the way I garden. We rely on others to help us see beyond our, our selfish, simple, simple selves. As we, as we set our sights ahead, we want to have around us people to care for. That enriches our lives, as well as people who care for us. Relationships help round out, help to expand, help to nurture the self that we are. And lastly, spirituality is an additional aspect of ourselves that, that I would note, one which for me is, is more the underlying principle of our other four, or the foundation of the other four, or the center core of our real selves. And as we set our sights forward in our lives, we will, we will benefit from exploring the, the mystical sense of that which is more than us. Yet also basic, fundamental to us of divine otherness and divine imminence. And what that means to our place in this, 
in this web, this web of life. For in reality, I would say that we humans are actually more than our parts. And this sense of, of soul connects us across languages and continents and even connects us through time to other people. Setting a course for a better life needs to take our spirituality in account as a major, major aspect of who we are. So these aspects of self are your crew in your boat of life for the journey, for the journey of that life. Yet as I imagine this effort of becoming more your true self, and, and I want to reiterate this is important for us regardless of our stage of life, younger or older. I want to add one more thing to the mix, and that's the context in which you make this journey. It's the harbor in which you tend to your boat and, and feed your crew and strengthen your crew so they work the boat well. You ready yourself for your journey. You journey from and you journey back to for repairs or for respite or for celebrations and restocking of supplies. For me, that harbor, if I'm not bending this analogy too hard, that harbor is the church. And the more the church can be a faith family, a healthy, loving resource for you, the better. It's good to connect to a, an open-minded, inclusive, and compassionate congregation. An accepting and nurturing congregation of people who happen to be like you. People with whom you can share notes and tips on how to make the journey that you can encourage and, and support to sustain your effort. A good faith family is incredibly valuable for setting a course for a better life. And that's part of why we went through all the stress and strain of trying to figure out who we wanted to be because we wanted to be this kind of faith family to anybody who needed this kind of faith family. And those people are us. Or people outside our door who are hungering and thirsting for a taste of grace unconditional love, acceptance, and empowerment in their lives. 
Well, our scripture today is from 1 Corinthians. And in it, Paul encourages steadfastness in this journey of life. We are to run the race, he says, and make this journey in such a fashion that we succeed. And to do that, we need to train, we need to practice, we need to discipline ourselves in the effort of reaching the goal. Media team, let's have a listen. Our scripture reading today is from 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 24 to 27. Do you not know that in a race, the runners all compete, but only one receives the prize? Run in such a way that you may win it. Athletes exercise self-control in all things. They do it to receive a perishable wreath, but we an imperishable one. So I do not run aimlessly, nor do I box as though beating the air. But I punish my body and enslave it, so that after proclaiming to others, I myself should not be disqualified. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Thanks be to God. Holy habits might be a, a term with which some of you are, are familiar. The idea is that we practice the disciplines of faith, of study, worship, prayer, service, stewardship. We practice them to the extent that they become habits of our life, holy habits that help us become all that we intend to be. We become comfortable with them. We become good at them. They become part and parcel of, of who we are. When we do that, we develop a groove in life. We develop a, a pattern, what might be called muscle memory for the behavior or activity or the thought, the way of thinking or the attitude. This helps us make the journey successfully to our better selves, makes it more natural to ourselves, more successful for ourselves. And so we're encouraged by Paul, we're encouraged by one another to embrace a disciplined effort of practicing, of striving to become the more that God would have you be by taking on the holy habits of the Spirit. Think of it just for a second. We rear our children in the tradition of the faith, don't we? In the hopes that this will feel like home to them. And they will be able to rely on these practices and these understandings to enrich their lives and help them to succeed, it's a gift we give to them with the hope that they will use that gift throughout their lifetime. And so too, throughout our lifetimes, we look to further build that muscle memory of ourselves 
to protect and advance our lives towards the better self that is out there in front of us. So stay at it. Run the race with intention and discipline to succeed, to become your true self. Have the courage to try. Get your crew in shape and take advantage of the resources of the harbor. Amen. We are so thankful for the safe harbor that this place has created for us, a church that we can call home, and that we know that when we feel like the world has caused our heart damage, that we can come here and find solace and repair. When we are grieving, we have a place to shore up and take that time to heal. As I recognize that we are a safe harbor for so many people, I also recognize that I forgot to lift up a prayer earlier today. So as a church community, I invite you to be praying for Bill Nodoff as he prepares to have surgery on Tuesday to have a hip replacement replacement. Um, And he would appreciate that, and we had permission to share that, and I realized I did not articulate that earlier today. And as a group that offers support to one another, I wanted to make sure that was on our hearts. We have the opportunity to say thank you to God for the safe harbor that has been created here and the fact that God continues to journey with us. And when we give our tithes, gifts, and offering to the church, we are making sure that the safe harbor is here and that we have the resources necessary when there is an SOS out in the world that we're called to address. So as we give our gifts to God, we are preparing to set course for a better life for ourselves and for others. Let us receive the gift of music. Thank you. 
We hope this service has been a blessing to you. Gather around you and develop within those needed resources to set a course for a better life. The time is now. God invites you to claim the moment and to lean into your vision of your true self. You can do it. And we are here to help. And let me remind you that our first offering of positive reinforcement is ice cream uh, on this endeavor of getting your resources together. And it's outside on the patio. Thanks to our education committee. We thank them and we look forward to uh, that sustenance <laughs> that will keep us going. Be safe, stay healthy, know that you are loved. Amen. Amen. Amen.